Welcome to the shit show of my 20s. My name's Sophia. I'm a 20-year-old loan officer from California. I started this podcast back in April 2020. Got furloughed from my job for about three months. And during those three months, I was very honest with myself. I was like, we can either start emotionally eating. We can start suppressing these feelings of not feeling worthy because you've lost this thing that you attach so much of your identity to. Or we could start that podcast that you've always been wanting to start. So I decided to go with that second option and I'm so glad I did. I've interviewed over 130 people since then. It's been incredible. I've got to interview music artists and seven-figure entrepreneurs and just all these incredible people with different stories and different ways of how they got to where they are and just hearing about their journey, hearing about their shit show moments because we all have shit show moments and just learning how to navigate them better and learning how to learn from them and take them and create something magical out of them. And I'm so glad that I get to interview all these incredible people and I am such a big believer that you can radically change your life in a year. You can just radically change your circumstances, where you're at. And I remember being 19 and just trying to get a job and applying to like, I was applying to Ross and like a smoothie bar and like all these places wouldn't take me. And I was like so offended. I was like, why is no one taking me? And then I finally passed my NMLS test and then I got a job with a major mortgage company. And I was like, oh, that's why they didn't take me because I was meant to go down and get this job instead of that job. And I went from being 19 with zero dollars in my bank account and just being so stressed about money and so stressed about like is it gonna come into my life do I what am I gonna do about this to being 20 year old with over 60 grand in savings and I think one of the big changes that I made between those two was even when I had zero in the savings account I still believed that I was abundant I still believed that money was gonna flow into my life I still believed in something that I couldn't see at the time because I knew it was just a matter of time before it was gonna come so I'm such a huge believer and you can radically change your scenario you can step into that next version of you and that next version of you that higher self version of you she's not that far away as you think i think she's just there's just garbage in the way and it's just undercovering that garbage that's in the way of you getting to her and just stepping into that and the next version of you with the next level of results it's something i'm super passionate about and i hope from this podcast that you get to hear these stories and relate with these people and just relate with like not necessarily like just reconnecting to that path of what you want to do and reconnecting to that higher version of you and what you wanted to be when you were younger and what lights you up and what brings you joy so i'm so excited for you guys to hear these episodes would love to connect with you on instagram my instagram's the shit show my 20s dm me and love to have a conversation and feel free to share this with someone you know will love it and you can also leave a review on itunes i would love that Today's guest is Lauren. I love chatting with her. She has such an incredible story. We talk about leaving her interior design job and then kind of experimenting with these different jobs and having no attachment. And she has such a cool background. She's worked for an organization that had over 350 employees and she played a role in keeping play intact in the community culture. And now she's known for a her being known as the cultivator of curiosity. She's a builder of community and process-driven problem solvers. She helps people find a way to improve their ideas and streamline processes, which makes her come alive. Before building her own business, she worked with the largest Lego-inspired STEM company in the U.S. She's also worked with Golden State Warriors, Google, LinkedIn, Southwest Airlines, and her 
She is great at helping these companies build communities, establish a safe work environment, and creating a place where their staff can really thrive. And we go into so many incredible things in this interview from cultivating curiosity, where her curiosity with curiosity really started, and how we can go in life to where our fun is, how we find that for ourselves, no attachment and being able to try different jobs, how we can go back to being more spontaneous and so much more. So excited for you guys to hear this episode. Let's get started. So thank you so much, Lauren, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you. Love to start. Tell me about your 20s. Tell me any show moments that you had in your 20s. Let's start there. Well, it's been a little bit. So I actually was like trying to, I had, I was like thinking, I was like, okay, what years were that? What the heck was I doing? Even just the fact that last year was like a blur, like time is confusing. So some of the, I know, highlights, lowlights of uh, my twenties were part of it was back in like 08, 09 times where there was like a recession, which was really not great for emerging into the world as a young adult, but that actually it was a weird time, not ideal, but it gave me some opportunity to be like, I'm going to move somewhere and like get a job. I moved to LA for a little bit actually, and was working in interior design, which is what I studied for. And then that was the worst. (laughs) I, it was everything that I didn't think it was going to be kind of, but I like stayed in it because I just was like, no, this is what I want. And like, I'm going to do good work. And then the person's going to like see that. And it was not that. And I stayed in it too long. And I think that there's a lot of in like twenties really are whatever level, like what, if you're like really outgoing or introverted, it's like the formative years of like, I get to make my decisions and then live with whatever those consequences are. And then go from there. For me, part of it was like the like career part of it of trying to do what I thought, or sometimes people are trying to do what their parents want or what you're supposed to do. Like all the jobs that you think of as a kid and all the jobs that you don't know exist as a kid, as an adult, you're like, I didn't know you could do that. Why didn't anyone tell me? So that was a moment because it was very much a, it was a rough job. And the person that I worked for, they were really intense. And it was just like, I could do no right, apparently, but I was like, no, but I'm trying so hard. And like, let me, I can prove it to you. But it was just like, work was really hard. I was working like 70 hours a week with it being like salaried. Became Like when you're like, let me do the math. Like I'm making like no money an hour. This is terrible. And then because you have no time, the social life is like either not really there or when it is there, it's just like, I really want to make the most of it. And I'm gonna go hard at work and hard at play apparently. So it was a moment in time, but you know, (laughs) I've learned from that. But I think that it's also not important to like, I mean, it is important. It's important to make choices and it's okay to make educated mistakes in your life because that's how we we all become like the people that we eventually are and hopefully continue to grow and learn. That's, I don't know. I feel like that would probably be like the big like hiccup of my formative 20 20 something years and what did the journey look like from going to interior design you left that where'd you go to next and then how were you able to get into where you are now like what that journey look like from leaving there so I will okay 
as mentioned with the previous job, I like to think that I'm a pretty nice person. <laughs> and so I was like, I need to quit. I need to leave this job. But because of how I came into it and like knowing that it's really tough and the person I worked for was like very particular, I was like, okay, I'm ha- I will happily train my replacement. So like they know where things are and how you go about things and whatever. But because of my niceness, <laughs> I had to quit multiple times because she like didn't it didn't register she's like oh but we're doing great and I was like no no I'm because I'm leaving you still need a new person I'm not going to be here forever so then I eventually was like I'm physically moving away and I'm, I'm quitting I'm done <laughs> I mentioned that just because like that process of being at that job it being really intense going through the like having to end the job multiple times it was just like, okay, like I'm really done with this. And not that I was like, I'm done with design forever. It wasn't exactly that per se, but I did get to a point where I was like, I'm tired. And not that I never want to do this again, but I need to like take a moment, (laughs) breathe and figure out like, okay, I thought I wanted that, but I didn't really, it was bad. So what do I want? Or like what setup or part of the industry, or do I need to pivot And so I was, it was, I moved without a plan of like, I quit the job. I didn't have another job lined up because I was like, I need to get out of here. So it was that semi-scramble of like, okay, what do I, what do I do? Cause I'm an adult that I have to pay for things. And just like, I'm going to just start applying to stuff that I'm capable of. Like I can make some money and it doesn't have to be a forever job for right now. And that's okay. I think that honestly, that like that, I didn't realize it at the time, but that sort of mindset of like, okay, it doesn't have to be forever. And I just need to like find something that I'm okay with for now that works for me. Kind of like, I like that started to be the beginning of what honed in the rest of my journey, if you will. Cause I was just like, you know, like I could be like, I could be a barista or like an office administrator. Like I'm capable of these skills. I just need to pay my bills. And I ended up actually getting called back for a like a really random um, job position that I found on Craigslist that I was like, this doesn't feel real because it was a summer camp assistant, which is like something you do in high school or college or like not after you've had career jobs, but it was a summer camp assistant for getting to like help out at a camp with kids and play with Lego. I was like, that sounds great. I could totally do that. And I interviewed for that and I was like, oh, this seems fun. And mine as well, it's a summer thing. So like, I can just do this seasonally and apply for other things and do the rest of whatever while that's happening. But then I really liked it. <laughs> I, you get to play with kids, Lego. I wasn't responsible for anything because I was the assistant. So I was just like helping the other instructor staff and making sure the kids are fine and signing them in and out and helping them with their projects. And it was great. But then I kind of just, accidentally ended up staying at that company, but growing with it for what ended up being eight years. So I was seasonal, like three months-ish, barely. And then at the end of that, I, the management at the time was like, you seem great. Do you want to be an instructor? I was like, sure. I don't have anything else lined up for right now. So then I learned how to be the one in charge, doing similar things ended up getting more responsibilities of, oh, you could like, why don't you plan some of the like party events that we run with like kids and Lego and things. I was like, okay, yeah, sure. I'd love to learn some more about 
how we do what I'm already doing in like classrooms and summer camps and whatever. And then after like later after that, the manager at the time was going to be stepping back to do some other stuff. And so I ended up stepping into a management role. And then I got to be in charge of the staff and the kids and the programs and the clients and scheduling and doing more stuff. And I liked learning about it because I, I am a, I'm a planner, I think like not a future, like what am I doing in 10 years planner? But like, I like to know the plan moving forward. And so the big picture definitely interested me where I was like, okay, I'm doing these classes and I know what's happening, but how do these get set up? Like, how do you, what are, how do we decide what we're teaching? Like, who are these places? Like, where are these places coming from? So that was really interesting to me to learn. And I just got to grow sort of in the role and ended up taking on more responsibilities in that as well. And grew a department wing of the company that was doing corporate team building with adults with Lego, which was super fun, which didn't exist before. And it all kind of just happened on accident because I liked it. (laughs) And I like, not that I, I mean, at a certain point I was like, oh, like, especially when I became a manager, it was a more full-time role. So I was like, okay, like that gives me more hours and then I can, that's going to be the thing. But you know, there's certain jobs that the generations before us assume are more real. Like, when are you going to get a real job? <laughs> um, at like gatherings with family and friends, they'd be like, oh, are you still doing that like Lego thing? Just like, yeah, it's just like fun. And I like the people and it's really rewarding. And what we're doing is, it feels like useful to the world. And that was kind of always my answer. And it was kind of a little bit of a throwaway answer. Like it was real, but it was kind of just like, yeah, I'm still doing that thing. And that's like my response. But I really think that that was it. Like people matter, enjoying what you do matters. I got to keep growing. I wasn't, I didn't dislike anything enough to be like, I got to get out of here. And because I also had shifted my, like, I need a break from what I was trying to do. I no longer had this like goal that I was trying to get to, which is, I mean, like in the sense of like, get back to design, which I could have, and that would have been okay too. But the fact that I was a little bit more open to kind of go with the flow and see what happened, I never would have thought that I would have been like education management, senior manager, facilitator person. If you had asked me in my early twenties, teens, childhood, I never would have thought that, but I kind of followed curiosity and intrigue and learning and stayed with the company for a really long time, which was cool. I think that that's like, that, that is the key thing. That's the following your curiosity. Like you shouldn't, if you hate something, you're not going to do it, or you hopefully don't have to do it too much. And that's what kind of got me in the places that I am, I think. And can we go back to, you know, just trying out different jobs and not having like a real attachment about like, this has to be the full time, this has to be the rest of my life thing. Is there something in particular that helped you get to that place of no attachment? I can just, you know, experience and try different things without having to be, make that my everything, my full time thing the rest of my life. I think that that's, it's not the easiest mindset to get to because even for me now, sometimes I'm like, uh, do I want to move to a different apartment? It's like, that's also not permanent. Like, yes, you sign a lease, but then you could move again. So sometimes it's hard and it's, I, I'm not the best at it, but I do think that if you try to be aware of that, it can help. And I guess, luckily for me at the time that it happened, it was a lot of there were enough unknowns that it kind of just forced me into this thing of like, okay, whatever, because I quit a job without a plan 
a, a new job. Like I didn't have a new plan. But I was like, I got to get out of here. And because I had to quit multiple times, I was like, I'm physically moving. So lo- those are kind of two big ones of like, where am I living? Where am I getting income? Like what I just, I need to like survive <laughs> at a certain point. So whatever, not everybody's in that exact position, but I do think that that when you do get to kind of those like crossroad moments, you can really choose to hold on to what you're hoping to do, which if you do feel really passionate or like if you feel it deeply, you know, like some people who are like, I want to be a doctor and help people. And what, like, if you have that goal, like you can totally hold on to that. But if you don't, if it's not something that you like feel in your soul kind of, which feels aggressive, but if it's, if it's not something that's drawing you and it's like, maybe you're, you realize something's a little bit more surface than that trying to be open to like, okay, let me just try something else. Because I think that failure is also a really scary word, which it still is because, you know, like grades, like you pass or fail, or like if you, if something didn't work out, usually people assume it's like a catastrophic, terrible failure, but like failure to me. And I think that to a lot of people now, or it's like getting less scary, it's, I mean, a mistake, which is fine, or it's, it's, it could be a mistake, or it could just be something that like, this is how something didn't work. And that's not bad because it teaches you something anyway. Like it's like, well, it didn't work that way. So I can try a new way, or it didn't work this way. And I learned that I really don't like ABC, <laughs> even though I thought I did want those things. So if you can be okay with knowing that things like, so very few things are permanent. I know that it feels that way, but if you can realize that a little bit or or pause and and ask yourself the question like am I do I need to panic about this because it feels like a life-altering moment and it kind of it could be but it also doesn't have to be it's hard to practice but I think that a little bit of reflection and a little bit of just how like how you feel about it about situations and stuff like that can open that door because so we, we want to grasp onto things that we know, right? We don't like not understanding or not knowing things. And when there's unknown, it's scary, but that's also the time where there's so much possibility and trying to be open to that. I feel like also like outside of like college times and not everybody goes, but like when you have like your group of friends growing up and whether that's from high school or college or young adulthood also, there's, there's a period of time where it's kind of, I think it's like magical because everyone's like, yeah, let's go like spontaneously, like we're going to go to a karaoke bar, but then you get more grown up and it feels like you can't be as spontaneous or you can't make those mistakes because like you should know better, but it's okay. (laughs) No, but you don't have to know everything. And I think that even just trying to recognize that can, can help a little bit. I know that it's hard, but that's my recommendation. And from your time, Um, working at that camp with kids Mm -hmm. what's something that maybe you learned from the kids specifically that you weren't expecting to learn Ooh, that is a great question I feel like there's a couple there's like okay like specific if we're going specifically kid I would Mm -hmm. say kind of like what we were just talking about like there sometimes there are right answers right like there's obviously like like right and wrong like don't push that other kid. That's bad. But like when it comes to like creativity or creativity and ideas and things that you want that you enjoy or have fun doing, like there's not really a right or wrong answer. There can feel like it, especially now for like social media and like, like this is, this is the popular thing that's happening. Like, oh, should I, 
should I be watching that show? But kids like do not care. Like sometimes, because of course they are like, they're all talking about whatever the, I don't know, whatever's poppy on YouTube song that I that is like an earworm that you don't want to hear, but they are all singing it. Sometimes there's popular things, but also a lot of times they're like when we would build a Lego project or something like that, we would build like a vehicle. So it's like a thing with wheels. And then we'd encourage them, like we'd have some storyline and kids can decorate it however they want. And there's no right or wrong answer. Like some kids are like, I added a drill to mine. You're like, cool, great. And some kids are like, mine's a school bus. And you're like, awesome. That's amazing. And then someone adds like a, like a dump truck thing and a trailer on the back. And then they make stories up that go together and they just go with it and it's okay. And they're not like afraid to be like, well, I added like a tree on my car. Like they're very like confident. And they're like, this is what I wanted to do. And it was great. Like, it is great. Good job. So like there's like a innocence and confidence and like fearlessness that comes with like childhood ideas and creativity that I feel like reminded me that that's okay. Like it's okay to be, especially, especially just be like different. It's okay to be different. Honestly, it's better. I would argue. Um, It's more fun that way. But then also as a sort of adult perspective on kids, instead of just like being immediately directly inspired by kids, something that I feel like I've been talking a lot about lately also is just that I feel like the environments and connections and relationships that people have for or with kids, like at school and how teachers or parents interact with kids or like when they do something that's like maybe bad, but they didn't know it's bad because they've never experienced it before and they made a a bad choice. And like, you're, I'm like mad at you, but I'm not mad at you. It's just like what you did was bad. And having that sort of like grace wiggle room for kids to make mistakes or just have like empathy or just be like hey what's going on you're acting kind of weird today like are you all right um I don't know why but I feel like a lot of that gets lost as we get older like not exactly in the same way but like teachers and students that's like a relationship in childhood but then the grown-up version is like bosses and employees and those relationships are like they they function very differently, but I feel like they really shouldn't because like you're on the same team, you're all trying to get the same thing done. Like teachers want the kids to learn and like improve. And like, in theory, I think (laughs) bosses and employees, like in theory, you're on the same team and you're trying to progress a project forward or like whatever your team is focusing on. It's not a battle, but it doesn't always feel that way. Especially because I think a lot of times uh, in like the work world, a lot of people want to keep like work and life separate. And so they might have sort of different personalities or they're just like, this is work and I just have to get my work done and then I can be a real person. And then also with everything that's happened in 2020 and beyond, we've, I feel like I've, I've thought this before, but we have all been forced to realize like, no, that the separation is really hard. Like it's really hard to compartmentalize that, especially when so many people are working from home or having to drag their personal life into work because of everything that's happening, but they still have to work and figure out how to make everything else happen. So the, I feel like how people, how, like what we learn as a kid of how to interact with others, with how to learn, with how to be wrong and it's okay and learn new things and interact with others and sometimes manage your emotions and sometimes not manage your emotions (laughs) gets lost as adults. And I try to remind myself and um, of that and the people that I, having whatever my circles are, because 
we're all just like giant kids. We're still learning. Nobody has all the answers. And I think it makes for a better team and community and everyone can kind of just breathe easier and actually do what they want to do and be like productive or less stifled even at that level. And going back to kids are more spontaneous. How do you think we can get back to that place of being more spontaneous? Ooh, I don't do this to myself enough. So I also say like, I'm not a master of this by any means, but I think it's, we've, okay. You're born and a bunch of time passes, right? So you're a kid. And then as you get into being a grown adult, so much more time has passed. Like you, you're like, I, I, my gosh, when I was like 10, I'm like much older than that now. And so the number, the percentage or the number of times that you do something or hear something or experience something builds onto your past experience to make choices. I think that hopefully that makes sense. What I'm saying is like, as you're a kid, you're open to learning and the number of times that you've been like, that you know the answer is like smaller sort of, cause you're still learning a bunch of things or the number of times that you hear no is smaller, maybe some depending on what kind of kid you are. But then as time passes, we hear no more. We like we've, if you study something in school, you know more about it. So you're like, no, I'm right in this choice or this decision. Cause our brains make connections, right? It's, it's like stereotyping and judgments are real, but it's to help you get through life faster than having to think about everything super deeply. But those same connections can also get you to make assessments and judges and choices based off of your past experience. So I think that it's, it's, it's about breaking those sort of patterns which is difficult to do, but it's just like, okay, if someone, one thing for me, okay. Er, uh, Last year I did karaoke for the first time ever. I was always just like, no, I'm like a car shower karaoke person. Like that's good for me. It's totally fine. I would need like many beverages for it to be okay. I feel weird about it, but people are like, it's so fun. But I was at a conference before we couldn't be anywhere else, but I was at a conference and with a great group of people who I was like, felt really close to, so it's like safe space. And they're like, we're going to go to this karaoke bar place where it was like the private room kind, a little bit safer than the whole everybody room. But we did that. And I was still like kind of hanging out like, oh no, you go, it's okay. And I was, uh, other people were singing and I was talking to a guy next to me and he was just like, like, it's okay. Like, you don't have to be like worried or scared. I was like, I mean, I just, I don't know. It's like stressful. And like, okay, here's what we're going to do. You and I, we're going to sing a song together and we're going to choose. He was saying one of his go-tos was um, Harvey Danger's flagpole sit-up, which is a little bit more like talky singing. So it's like less singing stress. And I was like, okay. And I, we did, we, I sang there and it was just like fun. And I was just like, how come I didn't want to do this for so long? I had convinced myself this was not for me. It's like embarrassing or scary, or like, I don't know why I fought it so hard, but then something happened to sort of break that pattern and prove me wrong. And it was great. And I'm like, man, I'm so sad. I can't do more of that right now. And so I think that getting yourself to finding ways to surround yourself with other supportive people who are also open to like trying some new things or like supporting you when you're like, do I want to dye my hair? And they're like, well, what do you want to do? Like not just being like all in all the time, but like encouraging and stuff like that. It could be little ways or big ways and just 
questioning like why am I scared or why am I nervous is it because I am or is it because of what I think other people are going to think or is it because I've made some assumptions all of my life about what this means and now I think that that's true but it like I don't really have a reason to think that that's true it's just what I've always thought so yeah it's just it's a it's it's um it's a lot of self-talk and support of communities and stuff like that to make it be okay to be more spontaneous or try new things and like question question because like it's it's hard to question people right to be like well why don't you want to do that without it being like defense don't don't ask me those questions that's scary so finding your people and being willing to say like at least maybe (laughs) Maybe is, I know sometimes it feels like a cop-out, but also sometimes I think it can also be a like gateway. It's a gateway. Yes. It's like, well, I'll, I'll show up, but I might not do this. Like, I might not do the character, but I'm going to come with you. And then like, once you're there, it's like, okay, like what's the new, maybe like, okay, maybe I'll sing with that person. Oh my gosh. The song is queued up. Okay. I'm going to go stand up there. And like, maybe I'm going to actually sing into this mic or maybe I'm just going to stare at them petrified, like a deer in the headlights. But then it's like, it's just like baby steps. So don't overdo it. And if you, if it's hard, it's okay. And you don't have to say yes all the time (laughs) and it will be all right. And what does curiosity mean to you? And what started like your fascination with curiosity? I, okay. So I feel like curiosity is a magical place where that's where we grow and are engaged the most you know, in a lot, in like whatever ways that might be. And I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can pinpoint like when I've started being curious. Cause like every, not, maybe not everyone, but I feel like most people, I might not remember it, but like parents and adults and always like, when you see kids, there's always that time in life, right. Where the kids are just like, why, why, what? Right. I don't remember my version of that, but I've seen it many a time. And it's because they're curious and learning and want to know more and like understand things. And it's not necessarily about everything, but like, maybe it's just like, why is the sky blue? And you're just like, because the space made it that way. And they're like, cool. And they never ask you any more questions, but maybe there's that kid that continues 10 more questions of why down that line. And the parents are like, I don't know, like, stop asking me questions. But Also throughout life, there's versions of that, right? Like when you, it doesn't always have to be why either. It's just like the curiosity of like finding out more in, as a like teenager, I feel like it always happens with like celebrity or music artists. We're just like, I need to find out everything about this person because they're great. And I'm super interested in them and they're amazing. And you just want to like find out more about their life or their career or all of those things. It could be about a hobby. Like maybe you got into playing guitar and you're like, okay, well, I have like, what is this like internet tab chords, but I'm not really learning or like, should I get lessons or like, how do I do this stuff? So being curious to me is not always question based, but it is about like finding out more about things like that. And I think that nobody is perfect. And I, even when I was a manager and like, we have evaluations with people and like our staff and just see like, how are you doing? And I, you could be amazing and I not in a bad way, but I feel like everyone has a way to improve. And so like, it's, it's the, I think everyone can be better. I want people to be the best person they can be or the best company they can be. And everyone's capable of improving. And I think that like, it's kind of like the opposite side of that, of like, I want to 
do better or learn more or not necessarily master something, but like, I'm curious to get more into this subject or um, hobby or whatever. And it just like makes you a real, (laughs) this feels so like deep, but like makes you like a fuller person. Cause it's kind of like the, that, the jack of all trades, master of none a little bit or whatever that the quote is. That's, I, I like a lot of random knowledge too. That's fun. Where it's just like, okay, for some reason, when I was 10, I remember reading a fun fact that cockroaches can apparently, no, yeah, cockroaches can live without a head for 10 days or something like that. Crazy. I might be misquoting this because I was 10, but like that fact stuck in my head. I don't, I wasn't curious to know more about it, but I have that and it's fine to know surface knowledge, but it's also really interesting to get really deep into whatever interests you because that makes you different. It makes it uh, interesting to meet and talk to other people. You could be talking about the same thing with someone who knows the exact same stuff as you, but that's not very interesting. Like it's not, it doesn't create connections. Like you're all just talking facts at each other. So I don't know if it's like changed as I, I don't know if I like realize, I don't know if I like purposefully was curious. I think it kind of just happened and stayed with me. Like I've always liked like art, like some sorts of artistic hobbies and I've gone down those pathways to whatever level I wanted to. And then like, okay, I'm done with that and find something else. And it's okay to choose to stop being curious also, maybe not about everything, but you can change your pathway. And even into adulthood, I know that it's harder to be curious about things because we feel like we've learned a lot of things. We have a lot more knowledge than we did when we were 12, but there's still a lot of topics out there that someone is going to know more than me about a lot of things. Like, you know, more than me about something. I'm not sure what it is, but like, we could, we should totally find out and I'd love to learn more. And it, it just kind of comes out in different ways in different parts of your life. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be about like education learning. It could just be about other people. Can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. So yeah. one of my, so I'm, I think that I'm a pretty curious person. And for me, I also really love people. Like I enjoy meeting new people. I had like, I love, my, I love my friends and family, but I also really enjoy meeting new people and like learning about them because I feel like I have something to learn um, or just interesting that like might question other things that I've assumed in my life that I'm like, I did not know that anyone else did something different than me. So I love people. So one of my favorite questions to ask people that I don't know, if you're willing to answer, is um, what's something that you're weirdly particular about? Which is for me, you particularly, so like not like a pet peeve, like I hate when other people do this, but like you are particular about something. I'm very particular about where I put things. It may not be organized, but <laughs> I don't like it to be moved from the place I put it. Okay. So. That's, is that in all like kitchen, bathroom, clothes, like all the, all aspects? I, I think, yeah, I think it's in all rooms. <laughs> <laughs> all, all the rooms. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Okay. So is there, do you think that if you put, if someone moved something, would you probably notice? I probably notice and put it back wherever I put it. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, no, that's not where that belongs. (laughs) What about, okay. Like if you go to a, I don't know, like a childhood home or like a relatives and like, is it more of only your stuff or if it's like only my stuff, only your stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What if, What if you had a, what if it's like your, okay, if you had a roommate, I don't know if you've had this experience or not, but like, if you have a roommate and there's like common areas, right. And it's physically like your lamp or something on a table that you like put with some other like picture frame and stuff. And they like moved it to do 
work on something and then didn't put it back, like, would you leave it or put it back where it was supposed to be? Because it's technically yours, but it's in a common area. I'd probably put it back. <laughs> I like that. I appreciate that. I had, I went through a phase in, um, I think I was in middle school where I, my room appeared very messy because there was stuff everywhere, but I knew where everything was. So I wasn't mad about it. Um, it was less so of like, I would put stuff back in like a weird messy place, but I was just like, no, I know like someone could ask me and be like, oh no, that's over there next to that book on the floor underneath this other thing. So I get, I get that. All right. I appreciate that. Why do you think like curiosity, why do you think it's so important? I feel like curiosity is a thing that, I mean, I really just, I do think like the foundations of it for me are like, like personal for yourself, but also as a connecting way, it's personal growth and connection. Like it's like in lectures, right? Or something like that. This is where I could, or lectures or webinars. Like when people are just talking at you, I might be interested, but they're just talking at me and like, they're not getting anything out of that other than like, hopefully I'm learning something about them or their topic of expertise or whatever. But the engagement part of curiosity is missing. And so if I can ask questions or when there's like, interactive activity, group project, whatever, I don't know, current, na- current times, like breakout rooms, where you get to like talk to someone about something you just learned. That's what brings people together. Again, I love people, but brings people together. It gives you different perspectives so you can grow and learn. And without that, like, what are we doing? Then we're just like these individual people that nobody else matters to us if we aren't curious or aren't growing or aren't learning or aren't wanting to connect to anybody. And I don't think that that's good. (laughs) I don't think that's good for us. And can you go into your future is is where your fun is? What does that mean to you? So that um, is actually the title of a workshop that I've run with a colleague whose name is Jeff Harry. And we used to work together actually um, doing like team building with corporations, but doing it in a fun way because it is the engagement and activity and like hands-on and trick you into learning something (laughs) that we really enjoyed. And so we created actually just in this last year, a workshop called Your Future is Where Your Fun Is. And the reason that we did that was just because like we were both kind of like pivoting in careers, but also previous to pandemic times earlier in life, I like I'd mentioned on here earlier, like earlier in this chat, we both had the same experience, which I think a lot of people do have where you think you want one thing and then you get that thing and it's not, it's really not what you want. And then how can we like, not necessarily avoid it? Cause like, we're all going to make mistakes and be like, Ooh, I did, I didn't want to be here, but trying to balance out your life by trying to pay attention to things that do make you um, happy or joyful or feel like a fuller person. Because I, like with my job experience, ended up in that job that I thought I wanted. Like I was in like interior architecture design. I was a, I was the lead designer and a project man and the project manager for a general contractor for a well-known person in Los Angeles. And we had job sites there that were like with well-known people and also out of state. And it sounds like it'd be a really great job for what I wanted to do, but it was the worst. (laughs) And I like, no, I mean, like, I know I ended up there because, you know, you're striving for a goal, 
But I think that sometimes when we're too focused on a goal, it can, you can discount unhappiness or negative things or potentially red flags that otherwise you like, if it wasn't like, I need to be this thing, or I need to get to that point, you might otherwise be like, Oh, like, I probably shouldn't do this. Like you're like, we're smart, intelligent people. But when we're so focused on something, sometimes we can discount those things. And so futures where your fun is workshop. Um, we talk about getting back to childhood a little bit and being inspired by what you actually like to do at its base foundation and then using that to kind of come up with other ways that are like career oriented or not. Like how can you do these things on like a regular basis? Maybe not every day if you can't, but more regularly, whether it's part of your job or something that you're doing for yourself to have that balance and still enjoy your life because it all bleeds together anyway. Like if I'm unhappy at work, I'm probably gonna be a little bit unhappy in life. And if I'm doing things that I like in my free time, then I'm going to be happier at work also. And like maybe get more stuff done because I'm not so just like in my own head about stuff. So yeah, we talk about what we did in childhood and we talk about the games we like to play or like, what did you really like to do? And then if you really, really break it down, like why did you like that specific game? And then, you know, like getting down to like, oh, well, it's like, I really liked basketball, which was like a team sport. And like, you're working towards the same goal and um, there's a little bit of competition. And so like, okay, competition, team, working towards a goal. How can I do those things in life? Like now, of course, like maybe I don't want to play basketball. Like I have bad, I like messed up my knees playing basketball. So now what can I do that do those things in a different way in my adulthood? Because I think that we, we as people evolve, but we are still like shades of the same person we were as a kid. And so we're trying to be inspired by childhood be a little more spontaneous, try to figure out what we liked. And like, I think I still like that. And grown up versions of doing that, which could be the same things as a kid. Like maybe I need to play some more board games, but maybe there are other ways to do that as well. And um, just trying to get people to follow their curiosity and do more of what they like. Maybe not all the time if you can't, because you know, sometimes you're like, no, I'm a lawyer and I, that is my job, but also I want to have fun in these other ways separately in life. And what is something you're excited about right now? Ooh, excited about? <sighs> Let's see. I think this is very overarching, but I'm going to, I think that I'm excited about, well, one and, one and a half things. What I, I have a business with a couple of colleagues that also is called This Us Now because we it's kind of a lot of things we've been talking about of just like we want people to people and companies and stuff to do better and be better and just like function better do better work like we're stagnating so many things because there's been a separation of like the human part of people at work like when you have four hours of meetings and then you're like dead to the world. That's not healthy. We probably need some breaks. Like we should like move around. Meetings don't need to be four hours. And so we're trying to bring humanity back to that, but by focusing on and specializing in data and play. It's a weird intersection, but I think it's very useful. And I think that that business that we have and sort of where the world is right now, separate from that business, but like that's been on my mind lately is just the opportunity for like a tipping point change feels 
very like right there. Like I feel like we're on like the edge of so many different things of just social justice, if we want to talk about that, or the way that offices and companies work and run, especially with like remote things where everyone was like, we can't do that. And now it's like, everybody's doing that. Oh, we can. There's just so much opportunity for change and betterment right now. And it's a little scary because it is, it's, it's an unknown thing of like, it could go multiple different ways, but there's such opportunity in the current now that I know that that's not a specific thing, but I do, I do have to say that I feel like that's where I'm kind of feeling hopeful and excited about. What's something that most people don't know about you? What's something that most people don't know about me? Hmm. Um, most people, who are most people? (laughs) I, I don't, okay, let's, random fact, which I was like, I, I believe it's pretty real. I don't know where it is. Um, I, in elementary school, was a published poet. I feel like very, very few people know this about me. Um, I like wrote a thing because it was a school assignment, but then submitted it to something. And then I was published in some book that I cannot even name now because I don't even own it, but it was published and I got some letter in the mail and it was like a holiday inspired winter time poem, but it's in print somewhere in the world. And now I feel curious enough. I'm like, should I go (laughs) research that and see what that was published in? Cause I didn't retain it from when I was like eight. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's something that keeps you grounded? People, other, like the people that you choose to surround yourself with, I would say, because I enjoy people, but you also get to like, it's kind of like friends of the family you choose and also your family, but like they know you the most and will lift you when you need it or when you don't expect it. And if it's like your close, close friends, family, people, they can also be the ones to be like, you need to chill, rein it in. (laughs) Like they're the ones who know you, which sometimes feel like they know you more than you know yourself. Cause you know, we're all our, not all, but many people are like their harshest critic. And so, or like, we don't want to admit certain parts of ourselves to ourselves, but like your friends and family know it and making time for those people, even when we're busy or in this, like, we are not physically near each other. And if you're in different time zones, making time to connect, to keep those ties, I think is really important. Even if it's just like a, Hey, I haven't talked to you in like several months, but happy birthday. <laughs> I think that that is really important for me. And if you were to go back in time and talk to your 20 year old self, what advice would you give her? I think I'd say, I say even me now knowing this, saying it to my previous self, I'm like, oh God, like, don't say that. But I want to say like, kind of like let go a little bit and it's okay to be scared because when opportunities or new things or new people or environments or whatever come up, sometimes we, I like, you might get like frozen and be like, no, no, I can't do that. It's the same the karaoke thing all over again. But I feel like, you know, when you're like, should I move to a new place? Like it probably isn't going to kill you. Like if you are interested enough, you could try it again. You, it, it doesn't have to be forever. So like, let go, let go. And things aren't forever. I feel like is the, is the 
phrase that I would probably stick to. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. I've enjoyed it. And you've asked me some questions that I haven't had to think about before. So that was fun and interesting and only a little stressful. (laughs) Where can people connect with you online? I have um, an independent website that is cultivatorofcuriosity.com, where I um, have many things on there because I, I've, I'm a multi-potentialite. So I have a lot of options of things going on. And then also the one business that I had mentioned is thisusnow.com. If there are any businesses who are looking to bring humanity back to work a little bit, we can help you with that. And then I'm also, you know, there's Twitter and things like that. Um, links are on both of those pages. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.